Hello and welcome to The Steminist, a show about women in science. I'm Lama, your host for this week's episode. I want to start off by discussing an idea we hear a lot about in entrepreneurial, technological, and scientific spheres. It's design thinking. So what is design thinking? And why does it even matter? Steve Jobs, a great design thinker, once said, Design is a funny word. Some people think design means how it looks. But of course, if you dig deeper, it's really how it works. Design thinking is a versatile and proven protocol for innovation, for problem solving and discovering new opportunities in any area. The overarching premise underlying this approach is human-centered or people-oriented. It's rooted in the belief that people who face these problems are the ones who hold the key to accurate solutions. The most innovative solutions emerge from deep emotional understanding of people's actual needs. All that means is we understand ourselves the best and therefore we need to look back on ourselves to really understand how to design a great product, a great concept, a great idea that will actually be effective in the real world. Indra Nui, CEO of PepsiCo, regularly talks about the importance of design thinking in running her company successfully. Nui says, design has a role in nearly every decision that the company makes. She describes an interesting example where the company had to implement design thinking. A new touchscreen fountain machine called Pepsi Spire. You'll find it in some restaurants and burger joints. I've seen it before and I've used it myself. As consumers, we're not actively thinking about this, and to me it was so interesting to actually read about the thought that went into designing a product like that. They call it a fundamentally different interaction between the consumer and the machine. Here's how Indra says it in her interview. We basically have a gigantic iPad on a futuristic machine that talks to you and invites you to interact with it. It tracks what you buy so that in the future, when you swipe your ID, it reminds you of the flavor combinations you tried last time and suggests new ones. It displays beautiful shots of the product. So when you add lime or cranberry, it actually shows those flavors being added. You experience the infusion of the flavor as opposed to merely hitting the button and out comes the finished product. Ultimately, it's all in the experience. She also considers different user experiences she wants different people to have while consuming her different products. She considers the different ways men and women choose to eat their chips, for example. She says, a well-designed product is one you fall in love with, or you hate. It may be polarizing, but it has to provoke a real reaction. Ideally, it's a product you want to engage with in the future, rather than just, yeah, I bought it and I ate it. It goes back to that deep emotional connection that design thinking really requires. Indra is an amazing leader of a company, and she really has challenged the status quo within PepsiCo in terms of introducing the idea of design thinking. To understand more of what we're dealing with, I want to touch upon the history of design thinking for just a little bit. Herbert Simon, an American political scientist and economist, introduced the concept of design thinking in his work, The Sciences of the Artificial, in 1969. Simon identified three critical steps to engaging in design thinking. First, thoroughly investigate the issue to discover all relevant information. 
Second, analyze the information and identify all possible courses of action. And finally, make a choice about which path should be taken. This week, WSTEM hosted a workshop in collaboration with another student interest group at NYU Abu Dhabi, Girls Education Network. The workshop was targeted towards high school girls in the Abu Dhabi community to learn more about design and innovative thinking. We'll get back to our workshop soon. But first, I want to introduce Ritu. She's one of the co-founders of Girls Education Network here at NYU Abu Dhabi. I sat down with Ritu and asked her a little bit more about her work with Girls Education Network. Hi, uh, my name is Ritu Murlidharan. I am a junior at NYU Abu Dhabi. I'm from Mumbai in India. And Sophia, who is a senior, and I co-founded Jen in fall of 2014, which was my first semester here as a freshman at NYU Abu Dhabi. I asked Ritu to tell me a little bit more about what Girls Education Network is. So Jen is a leadership development program for young girls in Abu Dhabi. Currently, we are only catering to girls in middle school and high school, and it aims to provide a safe space for them to engage in dialogue that will help them develop a better understanding of themselves so that they can then more mindfully engage with the world around them. Her ideas about leadership and the way they teach girls about leadership were particularly interesting. We expose them to leadership as something that is dynamic and something that has many forms. And we also try to focus on the connections between contemplative values like self-compassion, empathy, mindfulness, kindness, and how the connections between those values and leadership. That There's a lot to what makes someone a good leader, and many of those skills can really be nurtured for girls at a young age so that they can develop them deeply as they get older. That also means leaders need a well-rounded perspective of the world to get them to think critically about the problems they will face on a day-to-day basis. We expose them to leadership as something that is dynamic and something that has many forms. And we also try to focus on the connections between contemplative values like self-compassion, empathy, mindfulness, kindness, and how the connections between those values and leadership. Ritu told me more about what the Girls Education Network is doing this semester to allow the girls that have gone through their leadership program to actually apply their learned skills to the real world. So this semester, we expanded our alumni program, which is, which is um, that's what we collaborated with you on, one mm-hmm. of our alumni workshops, where we invite girls that have already completed our four-part or six-part leadership series. It started off as a four-part series, and then we expanded it into a six-part series to engage in one-off workshops where we go deeper into the concepts that we explored in our first series. And we try to connect it to real-world problems or something that is just much more grounded in, in the real world so that they can see the connections between the concepts they learn and the real world. So it's more of a leadership and action model. One of the most rewarding parts of working with younger girls is actually seeing the results or hearing the insights these girls have about what they've learned and how they've used it. Ritu told me a little bit more about the results she's seen from the alumni program. It's just been so great to see that core group of girls that attended all six workshops and now all four workshops, how much more confident and articulate they are 
um, and how much more willing they are to just be vulnerable and to share their ideas and to truly believe that they are leaders and just to hear the way um, they approach a problem and like think about solutions that are rooted in their community and to hear them share stories about how they've been kinder to themselves and how they're having conversations with their parents about how leaders should embody values like self-compassion has just been so, so rewarding. To wrap up our discussion and then lead into the workshop we collaborated on, I asked Ritu why she thought design thinking was important, and she gave great insights as to how design thinking is crucial for not getting stuck in one phase of problem solving. But I think design thinking and innovation is important because it really connects to the idea of the many forms of leadership, because design thinking is all about thinking outside of the box and an iterative approach to problem solving, like a continuous loop of feedback, just, you know, just going for things, not getting caught up in um, the planning stage without actually, um, you know, like seeing what things are like in the sphere of the problem. Um, And I think the reason I think that connects to leadership is because like we can often get caught up in one narrative of leadership and then just focus on that and block everything else out. And similarly, in like problem solving, you can get caught up in like one tried and tested method, um, which might work in certain contexts. It, it, it'll work in the context of a technical problem. But when you come up with an adaptive problem where you really have to shift your perspective, you do have to reevaluate your perceptions and notions on multiple fronts and figure out how you have to change your thinking to get to the problem. And that's what design thinking asks for. That's why I think it's so important for, the, for our girls to think about it. Our workshop started off with Brooke giving a short overview of design thinking to give the girls some context and perspective as to how they should approach the assignment. She gave the classic example of a ketchup bottle design, squeezable so that you can get all the product out, unlike a glass bottle. She then asked them about how they would design a backpack for students. After getting their brains warmed up with some simple examples, we gave them their challenge. Design an emoji for an alien. We followed this by Yana giving a short introduction about P5JS, a JavaScript library that is great for creating graphic and interactive experiences. She taught them how to code basic ellipses, lines, and other shapes so that they could use these tools to design their own emojis. We asked the girls to really think about the subject that they were designing for. Who were the aliens? Why did they need emojis? What do they eat? How do they see the world? Before we began our workshop, we were discussing the girls' exposure to coding and using technology. Some of them noted that they didn't really enjoy the coding that they had done in school, but we were optimistic that this activity would change their perspective. By the end, we were right. They actually got to see their coding in action, and throughout the assignment, they were thinking of the specific problem that they were given in a creative way. They came up with spaceships, edible stars, eyeballs, and alien figures. It was so much fun to see their thought process turn into a final product. To sum up our topic, there was a great finding in a study done by MIT and Carnegie Mellon about collective intelligence. It said, in groups where one person dominated, the group was less collectively intelligent than in groups where the conversational turns were more evenly distributed. And teams containing more women demonstrated greater social sensitivity and in turn greater collective intelligence compared to teams containing fewer women. 
our workshop had elements of teamwork and collective intelligence in order to go through the design thinking process and produce a product. In the end, the girls learned a lot about the effectiveness of design thinking methods, and we can learn from them about the importance of design thinking and collaborative work. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Steminist. Tune in next week, Saturday at 7 p.m.